AOC says that Americans don't know what capitalism is because they aren't billionaires. Virginia Tech swimmer blasts the NCAA over Leah Thomas and Babylon B suspended on Twitter over their man of the year post. We're going to all this and more in just one second. If you guys can, please drop a video like, subscribe to Impulse Vacations on new video every single day. If you can, listen to the full episode of the show, The Joey Saladino Show and all the podcast apps. Now let's get right into this. So there you have it. There's a borderline communist AOC whispering into the camera saying that Americans don't know what capitalism is because they aren't billionaires. Well, uh, on the same coin, I guess AOC shouldn't know what socialism is because she hasn't lived in a socialist country. But let's read. AOC has been mocked on Instagram Live uh, for her Instagram Live tirade about Americans not knowing what capitalism is because they aren't billionaires. Now, I just want to be clear. Many of these billionaires uh, fund the Democrats— fund the Democrat Party, uh, virtually almost all of these billionaires support AOC and the progressive agenda, okay? And they're making their money off of what? Off of what? The tax dollars and off of their control in order to stifle and, and squash any type of competition. There's a reason why Amazon, before the government even increased minimum wage, increased their own minimum wage, there's a reason why only places like Domino's and Papa John's can afford $15 to $20 an hour. Meanwhile, Joey's Pizza down the street cannot. There's a reason for that. There's a reason why these corporations are supporting increased minimum wage all of a sudden. So most people don't really know what capitalism is. Most people don't even know what socialism is. But most people are not capitalists because they don't have capitalist money. They're not billionaires, the socialist representative said. I guess if you're poor, you know what socialism is then, because you got that socialist money. <laughs> uh, let's entertain the line of reasoning for just a second. AOC claimed that Americans can't understand capitalism because they're not able to enjoy it to its fullest extent and have not become billionaires. She also claims that most people don't know what socialism is because if we've applied the same standard for capitalism, the argument—okay, uh, whatever. How, how can AOC understand socialism if she's not lived in a socialist country and has not enjoyed the fullest fruits of that system? The logic does not follow. Simply not having capitalist money, as AOC put it, does not mean that a person cannot view capitalism as an ideal economic or political system. Capitalism is about much more than markets and money. Capitalism is framed around the idea of individual ownership and property rights that can only exist under capitalism as opposed to communism, which is most often based around state ownership. Uh, the reason uh, many people misunderstand capital, uh, socialism and capitalism because they cannot be brought down by a simple Oxford de uh, definition. Each economic philosopher who has explored the ideas of socialism and capitalism have different interpretations of what the utopia looks like. It's even more evident in communism uh, the in, in, uh, versus capitalism. Karl Marx, for example, perhaps is the most infamous, infamous socialist or communist used the two words interchangeably. Throughout much of his communistic manifesto, 
He rather uses the word socialism to describe his ideal economic system. When it comes to communism, there is no one absolute communism. Instead, there are different types, just like the church. There's Marxism, there's whatever, you know, Stalinism, Leninism, and so on. Each has similar but also very different ideas how the system should operate. Capitalism is the inverse in a free market economic system where there will be uh, the consumer shape prices, wages, or outputs of demand. Capitalistic philosophers seem more in line with each other, but of course also differ on their utopia ideas. Capitalists like Adam Smith and these others uh, also shared similar thoughts, but also differed individually. Uh, individuals can have basic understanding. Here, I just want to say this one thing. It is ironic that the left is anti-capitalism when they actually mastered capitalism. They don't realize it. The left, the socialists, do not realize that they have actually mastered capitalism. Because they go on all the time that, uh, you know, big corporations are doing this. Big corporations are evil X, Y, Z. Big corporations are, uh, who's going to stop them? Who's going to stop these big corporations? We need the government to make rules and stop everything in its tracks. Not realizing They're the ones at the wheel. They are the controllers of cancel culture. They make multi-trillion dollar industries, billion dollar companies, multi-hundreds of billion dollar worths of companies bend the knee all the time just based on a few thousand angry mob tweets that somehow get trending on Twitter. They mastered capitalism to an extreme where it's toxic and, and, you know, to the point where companies should start just saying no. I mean, we could get into that tangent all day, but they virtually mastered it. Whereas they go out there and they demand XYZ happen, and they cancel it, and that company makes a change, but then at the same exact time, they go and they're just forcing the government to demand XYZ. Well, they, I guess they usually go to the government when their cancel culture fails, like with the, you know, quote-unquote, don't say gay bill, which is... You know, these people are just brain dead and they don't have not even understanding what the purpose of the bill or what the bill is. You guys get my point. But they have ironically kind of mastered the uh, the demand aspect of capitalism where companies want to make you, the customer, happy. If you demand something from a company and there's enough people to demand it, they'll they'll supply that to you. If there's a big demand in the um, in the market for clean renewable energy, then energy companies will start selling that stuff to you, just like with organic products, just like with you know cruelty free products, whatever. If you're demanding it, someone in the free market is going to provide that for you because you want it. The left has mastered that concept, but at the same time does not understand that concept at all. And they just want to ban everything outright. Instead of having our society evolve and change over time, instead of having our society evolve and change towards cleaner renewable energy sources, towards more sustainable farming practices, whatever, you know what I mean? Instead of having our society evolve in that direction through demand and then supply increase, they just want to just have a four stop on it, a full stop, and just boom, because the world's going to end. We don't got time to wait 10 years. The world's going to end. We need to end everything that's bad now. And then that's when you're left with $10 a gallon. So the Babylon Bee gets suspended on Twitter over their Man of the Year post. 
So let's go over. This was the post. Babylon Bean names uh, Rachel Le Le Levine, Levin, whatever um, the biological male's name is, man of the year in response to uh, USA Today naming, I guess, this person woman of the year. So let's read. Twitter account of Babylon Bee was suspended after it awarded a transgender uh, Biden administration official title Man of the Year. Last week, yesterday named uh, the U.S. Assistant Secretary of Health and U.S. Department of Health and Human Services as one of the Women of the Year. Shortly after the Babylon Bee shared its story on Twitter, naming naming I don't know naming that person <clears throat> Man of the Year. I don't want to say he or her. I don't or him. I don't want to be factually incorrect. At the same exact time, I don't want to get banned off the internet. Now, here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to get into that in just a minute. The article says that that person served proudly as the first man in the position and dressed like a cult, uh, Western cultural stereotype of a woman. He is also Admiral of the U.S. Public Health Services Commission Corps. What a boss. He often wears a dress, which some people think is weird, but doesn't care one bit. It continues, come on, men. In India, wear dress-type garments, don't they? So this is what the Babylon Bee CEO responded with. I just received this notice that we've been locked out of our account for hateful conduct. We're told that our account will be restored in 12 hours, but the countdown won't begin until we delete the tweet that violated the rules. Twitter said it would restore the account, which has more than 1.3 million followers, if the Bee deletes the tweet. The CEO Seth Dillon tweeted, We're not deleting anything. Truth is not hate speech. If the cost of telling the truth is our loss of our Twitter account, then so be it. They could, of course, delete the tweet themselves, but they won't. It's enough for them to just swipe it out. Uh, 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 wait, 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 sorry. It's not enough for them to just wipe it out. They want us to bend the knee and admit that we've engaged in hateful conduct. Dylan said in another tweet on his personal account, It's the word man that's problematic, not male. They allowed transgenders uh, to be described as physically male, but they won't allow you to uh, conclude that the person's maleness makes them a man. Rachel self-identifies as a woman when you must affirm that, he explained. Now, here's the thing. I guess, first off, good on them for sticking to their guns and saying, this is the truth, and we don't want to bend the knee and, uh, you know, click the button that says you accept, you know, that you're going to delete, you know, the piece of content or whatever. And here's, here's the, the double-edged sword of it. And here's where my opinion differs. And I can understand if you have a different opinion, and it's totally fine in this scenario. What I'm assuming is right now, one, this is probably going to increase the traffic of the Babylon Bee in the short term, at the very least. More people will follow them on Facebook. More people will follow them on Instagram. More people will follow them on the alternative tech platforms. More people will probably sign up to their newsletter. And they'll probably see a boom in traffic and revenue. Because, uh, you know, the CEO is probably going to get invited on Fox News now, and they're going to talk about it and get people. You know, it, it can be used business-wise uh, to increase your influence, your sphere of influence amongst conservatives. Let me be clear about that, amongst conservatives. But at the same time, you're losing your Twitter. And the Babylon Bee trends a lot on Twitter. And when the Babylon Bee trends a lot on Twitter, it's because they made a really good joke. And I like seeing them trend on Twitter because it's nice seeing a conservative thing trend for once. You know what I mean? If it was me, I would delete the tweet 
this way I can live to fight another day. Now, if you guys are watch my show often, you know my opinion on this matter. I think it's more strategic to live to fight another day. Even if you got to take an L on that battlefield. You know, this is the battle. The battle is admitting to, I guess, wrongdoing, you know, breaking the rules, whatever. Who cares? Who cares? Take the L on that battle. Get back onto the next battlefield and try to win the war. Or you can lose this battle and then just die on that field, you know. Well, okay, you're not going to win that war now because you're dead. You know, I I believe in some type of strategic outcome. But maybe they have a strategic outcome. You know, maybe they already have a strategic outcome and they realized maybe we don't need Twitter. Maybe we'll, we'll, you know, we'll go down in a a fiery flame on Twitter in order to push people over to our other things. Um, And maybe, maybe they have a strategic you know, you know what I mean. Maybe they have a strategic plan for it. But if it was me, I would personally just delete the tweet because who cares? Uh, secondly, also, I would have never even made this tweet to begin with. Now, let me explain that. We all know big tech. Like, I, I have one video that ever got flagged on my Instagram in the last year. And it was because I said that a transgender person was... The M A and M A N. I don't even want to say it on here because I don't want us to get flagged and removed off the internet for saying a factual statement. We know that. We know that, right? If you're watching this on Rumble, you're probably like, "Why? Just say it." I do this because I record this for all the social media platforms. So I will skate between the lines of the social media tech platforms rules. Okay. If I wanted to go straight out and say X Y Z X Y Z, this was stolen, that was stolen, blah blah blah, all this. We'll just be banned off the internet, and my war is over. Yeah, listen, I've been in the trenches for the last several years with this stuff. I've had to remake my YouTube channel several times because I went down in a, in a fiery flame, and now I have 1,700 followers on YouTube versus the hundreds of thousands I was working with prior, even on my Twitter I had 300,000 followers and counting, gaining thousands a day. I was getting a quarter million impressions a month on Twitter, and I got banned. I tell you right now, I would love to have my Twitter back, to be back into that discourse. Every single tweet of mine was entering into the trends. Every single tweet of mine was getting embedded on mainstream media articles. It was even amplifying my show, my podcast, on all the podcast apps. The, the level of what I lost from losing these assets because I wanted to say a certain thing that was against the rules, even at the time, either if I knew it was against the rules or I knew I was skating very close to the breaking the rules, I wish I can go back and not do those things. Because now I'm, I'm thrown out of the discourse and I got to try to rebuild from the ground up, from scratch, in a completely different way. And I also, we want to be, I I don't want to have the biggest rumble channel. I don't. I don't want to be preaching to the choir. I want to be out there on their leftist-dominated platforms in hopes to change in the minds of some of the people in those radical leftist groups that might 
be on the fence or just feel like they're pressured to be there. We want to be out there into the public discourse. We don't want to be in our little echo chamber bubbles. That's the difference between us and them. They want to be in their echo chamber bubbles. I don't. I know for the most part, we don't. There's a reason why Getter and Truth are relatively boring of an app because there's, it's just a bunch of people just yelling things that we already know. I want to be over there on Twitter. I want to call out AOC. I want to call out Joe Biden. I want to call out these dumb liberal leftist check marks. That's where I want to be. That's where it's fun. It's toxic. It's cancer. Part of me is happy that I'm gone. And I'll, I'm a half glass full type of guy. I'm the one that keeps rolling with the punches and stays positive and optimistic. So when I got banned on Twitter, I saw it as a good thing for my mental health. So I, I don't actually wish that I had my Twitter back to me. I'm, you know, I'm just saying in general, career-wise, I would probably be making ten to thirty, forty thousand dollars a month off my show if I didn't have to start my YouTube fresh and if I didn't have to start and if I didn't get banned off of Twitter. Now we're making not enough to pay for my mortgage, I can tell you that. Maybe enough for my electric bill. Maybe around that maybe around that mark. So that's why I tell you guys to go support me on Patreon. But Hey, if you want to go down in the fiery flames of sticking to your guns, then I guess go for it. You know, I'm not going to tell you not to, but at the same time, I like to make, I personally not, don't like to make, uh, I don't, I don't like to make emotional decisions. I like to make strategical decisions. Whereas, where is this decision going to bring us in six months from now? Where would the decision of letting yourself get banned on Twitter bring you six months from now versus taking the L and moving on. Where would you be in six months from now? You have these two paths to go down. One, you can say, okay, I'm going to stick to my guns. My Twitter will get deleted. I'll never get access again. Six months from now, you're still not on Twitter. That's where you're left in six months from now. Or if you just delete the tweet, move on with your life. Six months from now, maybe you have an extra quarter million followers. Maybe you made an extra hundred, two hundred thousand dollars. Maybe you even converted people, a, a few, even if a few dozen people, you converted into being conservatives because of that influence that you now have. You know, I, uh, I would rather take the personal L. And I know there's probably a lot of people in the comments that already commented already before I even finished watching this video. I would rather take the personal L for a personal greater good. And an overall greater good. But that's just me. I like to make strategical decisions. And who, who am I for having that type of opinion, considering the, the stuff that I've been through in the last half a dozen years when dealing with this exact thing? Who am I to have an opinion on that? Who am I to listen to when it comes to getting banned on social media? Who am I? The guy who's literally banned off of social media every few months. Who am I to have an opinion as such? You know, I'll, you know, if Tim Pool, for instance, if Tim Pool wanted to go take the, uh, what is it? What is the expression? Whatever. If Tim Pool wanted to go all out, he would be banned to the obscurities of the internet along with Alex Jones, okay? Alex Jones would be way more effective. That was out of his control, obviously. 
Alex Jones would be way more effective for our movement if he was on YouTube, if he was on Twitter, if he was on Facebook. And that's just a fact. And, I mean, same thing with Tim Pool. Tim Pool is, an eff- is effective for our movement on all these mainstream platforms. Imagine if Tim Pool got banned off of all these mainstream platforms. We would lose a massive voice, a massive personality in this, in this war. Got to think long term. Got to think strategically. So the Virginia Tech swimmer blasts the NCAA over the transgender swimmer that stole her first place title. So Virginia Tech swimmer blasts the NCAA for allowing transgender women to compete against biological women and claimed her spot was stolen in the championship. Someone tweeted out saying, wow, Virginia Tech swimmer Rekha Gorgi, I can't pronounce her name, uh, says that her final spot was stolen by Leah Thomas because NCAA's decision to let someone else who is not biologically female to compete. And she wrote a letter. This is this takes a, honestly, she's got more ball more balls than Leah Thomas for for doing such to, to, for making this stand. And honestly, every other female in the WNCA, NCAA should be standing with her because this is she's making an incredibly risky decision. And a letter to the NCAA, NCAA. With all due respect, I'd like to address something that is a problem in our sport right now and hurting athletes, especially female swimmers. See, this is the thing is when you get to the point where you just believe in something so much and it's affected your life so much, you're, you're literally down to take those risks of never being hired by the majority of the companies out there because now you're gonna they're going to Google your name and they're going to see that you're anti-trans, you're anti-LGBT. And even if a company doesn't even care about that stuff, Maybe the company cares about not being boycotted by half of the country because of all these freaks. So there's that. You know, it makes it difficult. There's a reason why I'll probably never get a job working at a regular company because they do one Google search of me and they're like, holy crap. Yeah, like we support your opinions, but, you know, we still got to sell our products to leftists and they're not going to buy our stuff. You know, you never know. I'm sure there'll be someone out there that doesn't really care, but you guys get my gist. There'll be more of an exception to the rule than the rule. Um, So this is a quote. Everyone has heard and known about transgender swimmer Leah Thompson in her case, including all the issues and concerns that her situation brought into our sport. I'd like to point out that I respect and fully stand with Leah Thompson. Thomas. I am convinced that she is no different than me or any D1 swimmer who has woken up at 5 a.m. her entire life for morning practice. She has sacrificed family vacations, holidays, and uh, for a competition. She has pushed herself to the limits of being the best athlete she can be. She's doing what she's passionate about and deserves that. Uh, they continued. On the other hand, I'd like to critique the NCAA rules for allowing her to compete against us, who are biological women. Uh, and also, to be clear, there was a fake tweet going out there, and I kind of figured it was fake, uh, that's why I never reposted it or said anything about it. Um, it's a tweet from, I guess, a fake account for uh, Rika. Uh, someone says this is not the swimmer. The swimmer's account also clearly does not match the language of her letter. Stop retweeting it. And this fake tweet said, My final spot was stolen by Leah Thompson, who is a biological male. Until we all refuse to compete, nothing will change. Uh, thanks for all the support, retweets, and follows. I won't stop fighting. So that's just somebody who's trying to grift uh, off her name to get some followers by pretending to be her. Hopefully that account gets deleted. Uh, she said that the NCAA will open uh, the NCAA will open their eyes and change the rules in the future. It doesn't promote 
our sport in a good way, and I think it's disrespectful against the biological female swimmers who are competing in the NCAA. It feels like the final spot was taken from me because the NCAA decision to not to uh, let someone in who's not a biological female compete, she explained. Uh, she had missed the cutoff to get the consideration for the finals of the 500 free. She finished in 17th place. The NCAA knew uh, what was coming in the past week, and uh, they knew opinions and minds would be divided and choose to do nothing, she said, about the authority. So I, I believe this woman... She did not place for the finals because she was booted out because, obviously, the biological male beat the biological female. Why don't we stop calling the sports men and women's sports and just call them biological male and biological female sports? That's what we're going to have to get into. You know, hey, we can have female sports over there, and that's where all the bio— oh, it doesn't matter your biology, just what you identify as. But then we should have this women's team— you know, this is for biological women, this women's team. That's it. Anyway, guys, let me know what you think. Please drop a like. Subscribe to the post notifications on new every single day. If you can listen to the flips of the show, the Joey Saladino Show on all the podcast apps. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Peace out.